Once again, we want to welcome you, and uh, this morning uh, we have the privilege of having a guest speaker. As I said earlier, mission is a big part of this church. In fact, it it is what we are all called to, to go into all the world, to share the, the glory of Jesus Christ, to teach them all the things that he's taught us. There's a call throughout the scriptures for us to to not ignore those in need, to pay attention to the poor, to pay attention to the marginalized. And as a church, we try to do that in in different ways. We try to do that locally in our congregation, that when we we do ministry here, we want to share the goodness of God with one another. We try to do that in our community and in this region. And the backpacks that we do, our food distribution and things like that, that uh, mustard seed, all of our programs that come out of Light on the Hill, uh, the partnerships and and uh, mission work and ramps that get built and and all of that kind of thing is, is mission work. And we also support global missions because uh, God is a God of people, not of nations. And so we need to always be mindful of, of the work that God is doing in other places. This morning, uh, Margaret Newcomb is going to be talking to us. I got to meet Margaret this this summer and visit with her. Uh, Margaret and her husband, Dave, uh, have recently become members of KFUMC. They moved here from Bryan College Station because Aggies are just so obnoxious. But um, <laughs> but they... Uh, they <laughs> see? Uh, but... but uh, Margot has been working with this group, uh, Mobility Worldwide, and re- has recently become the chairman of the board. And she was sharing with me a, a trip that they're putting together and the needs around that trip. And I, I thought, you know what, this, this is, th- I would like our church to hear this. And so as she comes forward, I, ju- I, I just want to uh, anoint uh, her, her talk and anoint your ears. Uh, There are people in this room that as she talks, the Holy Spirit's going to be talking to you. And I I, I want you to pay attention and uh, just know uh, even you (laughs) can be called for the cause of God. And uh, be listening if if it's on your heart today uh, to support this mission in one way or another. Would you help me welcome Margo uh, to... My dresser. <laughs> so, yes, we moved here from um, College Station. You can hardly get a Methodist to say amen, but you can always get an Aggie to whoop. Um, I am not an Aggie. My husband is. And um, my son often teases Dave and says, you know, it's a cult. Let's face it, it's a cult. But they're like a Canadian cult. They're so nice. So we really did enjoy our time in College Station. So I'm planning a mission trip to Liberia in February of 2023. It will be my second trip to Liberia. And I know the very first question on your mind is, where is Liberia? And Because that was certainly my first question. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about that later, but I want to tell you how I started getting involved in mission and in Liberia. Can I have the next slide, please? We build this little cart at Mobility Worldwide. It's hand-cranked, 
It's solid rubber tires, treated lumber. It's meant for people who don't have use of their legs in the undeveloped world. And I have my lovely model, Monica, riding it down the aisle so that you can see it. We have 20 shops in the United States, three in Texas, one in Bryan, one in San Antonio, and one in Austin. And I was the shop manager for the shop in Bryan for many years. Uh, I know it's weird, but my hobby is woodworking. And so it was, and I'm kind of a bossy broad. So they, you know, I ended up being in charge of the shop in Bryan. When Dave retired and we were going to move to Kerrville, I was invited to be on the international board. And nine months later, I told you I was bossy, I'm chair of the international board. Can I have the next slide? So this is why we build our cart. The United Nations estimates that 70 million people in the world need help with their mobility, particularly in the undeveloped world. In this country, 95% of the people who need a wheelchair have a wheelchair. In the undeveloped world, 95% of the people who need a wheelchair do not have a wheelchair. They crawl on the ground. Their family members, their friends carry them. They hobble along with crutches or even I've seen just sticks getting, trying to get by. Can I have the next slide? But with a mobility cart, people are lifted off the ground. The United Nations also tells us that people with disabilities are poor, are underemployed, and undereducated. But with our cart, many people find employment. Um, can I have the next slide? This gentleman built a whole 7-Eleven around his cart. Uh, many, of our, many of our recipients will put an ice chest on the back, sell cold drinks, they grow crops, they make crafts, they put them in the storage space underneath, they take them to market. So with our cart, people are lifted off the ground. The next slide. They're also better able to take care of their families. Dave and I met this lady in Haiti. She lost a leg during uh, a traffic accident, and she had six children. This was her youngest, a two-year-old. So she was getting by on crutches, but having trouble chasing down the two-year-old. So she was very glad to have the cart to improve her life. And Thompson, that's Thompson. Thompson is a little boy in Haiti. He received one of our child-sized carts. We have a shop that makes child-sized carts. We even have a shop that makes a push-pull cart. So instead of the crank on the front, it's got kind of a wagon handle so you can pull it along. So if somebody doesn't have upper body strength, we'll still have a cart for them. Thompson had never been to school because even if his parents picked him up and carried him to school, once he got there, he could not get around. So the first time in his life, he was able to go to school. And we have an agreement with the International Children's Network so that every child in Liberia that receives a child-sized cart also receives tuition money to go to school. Liberia has a public school system. It's not required, um, but it's much better to go to a private school. So the worst thing, I haven't told you the worst thing about having a disability in the undeveloped world. Yeah, you're poor, and yeah, you don't have a job, but the worst thing is the stigma. In the undeveloped world, people believe that you're evil, that you've sinned, that you've done something wrong, and that's why you have a disability. People with disabilities are hidden away. 
They're kept, literally kept in back rooms and not, the public is not allowed to see them. There's a great story out of Kenya about a woman who spent her entire life crawling on the ground. Her neighbors literally looked down on her her whole life. But when she got a cart for the first time in her life, she was lifted off the ground. She could look her neighbors in the eye. She could work. She could contribute to her family, and she could contribute to her community. So the carts are very powerful. They, They not only help the recipient, but they can help the family, and they can change attitudes in an entire community. Could I have the next slide? So carts are given away totally free. They're given based only on need. Mobility Worldwide doesn't care your religion, your politics, your race, your orientation. None of that matters to you. We are simply expressing God's love by giving you something you need, by giving you this gift. Could I have the next slide? So our mission at Mobility Worldwide is to reflect the love of God by bringing the gift of mobility and dignity to those in developing countries who are unable to walk. So that, that's our mission. And it's very, it's very moving. I hope someday you can go on a distribution with me because you'll see things you've never seen before. But I want to tell you about our founder. The next slide, please. This is Mel West. Mel West is 98 years old. He ran the Columbia, he's a retired Methodist minister. He ran the Columbia, Missouri shop until he was 95 when he retired. He is an amazing man. He's one of the most amazing people I've I've ever met. He started Mobility Worldwide when he was 70. He was on the original board members for the Heifer Project, Habitat for Humanity, and the Rainbow Network. He is amazing. He's been in mission all over the world. He lives a Christ life, inspirational life. And I tell you about Mel because I'm nothing like him. I don't even come to his kneecaps because Mel is so amazing. And yet, God can call even me to mission. He can use all of us. We don't have to be super Christians like Mel. We can be everyday people. Could I have the next slide? So how I got to Liberia. This is Liberia. It's in Western Africa. I have three stars up there. The star nearest the coast is Monrovia. That's the capital. The middle star is Gabanga. That's a mission where we're going to be building a mobility worldwide shop. And there's a United Methodist Hospital in Ganta. That's the one closest to the border. So the United States has a remarkable connection to Liberia. In the early 1800s, there were a bunch of Quakers who were against slavery, and they decided one solution to slavery was to send freed African slaves back to Africa. They called it the American Colonization Society, and they did this up until the time of the Civil War. Now, they sent a lot of these freed African slaves to Liberia. So if you go to Liberia, their flag kind of looks like our flag. Their constitution is kind of like our constitution. And they speak English in Liberia. So we have this very close connection. Unfortunately, when the freed African slaves were sent back to Africa, they were not sent 
back to where they originated from. They did not go to their home villages. They colonized Liberia, and Liberia already had native people there. So there was conflict between the freed slaves who came back and the Liberians. And that, uh, that relationship erupted in violence in 1989 with civil wars. And the civil wars lasted until 2003. Liberia was decimated. Education system, gone. Uh, infrastructure, gone. Uh, social system, gone. Government, gone. Economy, gone. All of it was absolutely destroyed. Can I add the next slide? But Liberia is coming back. It's still the seventh poorest country in Africa, and it still has a 40% illiteracy rate. Even though there is a public school system, if you are getting by on subsistence living, you do not have time to go to school. So many children still do not go to school. But when I was in Liberia, they had a brand new airport. There were brand new roads going in, and I even saw power lines coming in. So the Liberian people are lifting themselves out of civil war and trying to improve their country. Yes, it's still poor. Yes, there's still corruption. But there is movement toward better things. Could I have the next slide? So this, this lady get, crawls on the ground. And how I got involved in Liberia is my shop in Bryan, Texas, was asked to fill a 40-foot container with our carts. It's 170 carts and send it to Liberia. So I had an opportunity to go to Liberia to meet that container and distribute those carts. But I hesitated. Um, I'm not like Mel. There's no burning bushes in my life. There's no voices in my head telling me about mission. The way it works for me is God gives me, has given me over the years a set of skills, some knowledge, some information. I know some people. Uh, I have the means. And then he opens the door. And he wants me to go through that door to do that mission because he's given me the skills. But I hesitate. It's like this. Our son is in airborne infantry. He's stationed in Anchorage, Alaska. And airborne infantry means he jumps out of planes. <laughs> Don't even get me started on that. But the really amazing thing is Travis is terrified of heights. And he's jumping out of planes. So I asked him once, Travis, how do you have the courage to jump out of a plane? So when he jumps out of a plane, he has a, like a 70-pound pack. And it's suspended between their legs when they jump. And then he had a machine gun strapped to his chest. So he said, Mom, I get all my equipment on. I get my parachute on. I, <laughs> I hobble up to the door, and then they push me out. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's what God does to me. He gives me all the tools I need, all the equipment I need. He opens the door when I stand there, and then he pushes me out. Could I have the next slide? This is Reverend Rose Farha. Um, Rose uh, was born in Liberia, and she and her family fled Liberia when the Civil War started in uh, 1989. In fact, she was on the last plane out of Monrovia. She lived in the United States for many years. 
Her children still live in the United States. Her grandchildren still live in the United States. All of her brothers and sisters still live in the United States. She's even got a brother in Austin. But when Liberia stabilized, Rose and her husband David went back to Liberia to help their country. She has degrees from Syracuse, and she has her theology degree from Wesley in Baltimore. Kind of funny, Dave and I used to live in Maryland. Rose and I lived about five miles apart, and we didn't even know each other back then. So Rose and her husband went back to Liberia, and she was working on the ordination process, which is very a long process in the Methodist Church. Liberia is 80% Christian, and the biggest denomination is the Methodists. The Methodists are very powerful in Liberia. So Rose came back to the United States to visit relatives, and she went to general conference. And she met one of our mobility worldwide people, Von Driggs, and Von convinced her to take a 40-foot container of our carts. And Rose will tell you, she regretted that decision right away because she thought, what am I going to do with all these carts? Maybe I can find 25 people, but 170? How am I ever going to give them away? Well, she was working with the United Methodist Women, and they got the container, they unloaded it, they got the carts put together, and they started distributing these carts in Monrovia, they throw them on the back of a pickup, and then out in the country. And they would announce distributions for people to come and get carts. And Rose was shocked. She'd lived in Liberia for many years, and she had no idea how many people needed help with mobility because they're hidden away. When someone new comes to a village, they hide. They don't come outside. And she was shocked. If you ever go on a mobility worldwide distribution, it's biblical. You're usually in a compound or on a mission station, and in the mornings they open the gate, and people start flooding in. And they're crawling on the ground. They're hobbling in on sticks, crutches, and many of them, carried by their family members or their friends. They're literally carried into the distribution. It's, a, it's an amazing and disturbing sight to see that we live in a world where that can happen. But Rose was so moved by the need for mobility carts in Mount Liberia, she asked for another container of carts, and she asked if she could open a mobility worldwide shop in Liberia. Well, for me, I I just got pushed through the door. I was a shop manager. I had all the skills. I had to go to Liberia. Next slide, please. So this is the shop. Well, it's almost a shop now in Liberia. Mobility Worldwide has spent about $20,000 with a new roof, uh, securing the windows. You have to put bars on the windows. There's a small addition. It's all painted and cleaned up. And so that shop is about to open. The gentleman there uh, is Ken Grollam. He was my partner. We ran the shop together in uh, Bryan. Um, he's a retired Navy man. He was shop foreman. I was shop manager. And we ran it together. So we went to Liberia. And the bishop gave us this building on the mission station in Gabanga. So that belongs to Mobility Worldwide now. It was a gift of the Methodist Church. So I told Rose that I wanted to come back to Liberia. I wanted to see the progress on the shop. I wanted to help start setting that up. And I said, but what else do you need? What if I bring a mission group? 
could you use our help? Is there anything else we can do? And she said, oh, yeah. So could I have the next slide? This is Lot G. Matthews United Methodist Church. Pretty rough looking there, isn't it? Um, After I left, Rose was appointed to Lot G. Matthews as a pastor. It's kind of in a swampy area. The building was not secure. Rose wanted to start a lot of programs there, but she couldn't because the building wasn't secure. But her congregation has stepped up. Can I have the next slide? This is her congregation. They've uh, uh, put a lot of work into the interior of the church to make it look nice. They've painted the outside. They've started building a fence around the perimeter to secure the building. Rose uh, hands out rice once a month, kind of like a food pantry, and uh, she's starting a sewing school. And all of those things need a secure building. And so they're starting to build a fence, but the congregation has done a lot of work. She has a contractor. Everyone is very poor, um, but she has a contractor in her congregation who's helping lead the congregation in building those efforts. Can I have the next slide? But this is their vision. What they would like is this addition onto the church. And the addition will have a bathroom. There's no bathroom at that church. Can you imagine? So it'll have a bathroom, a small office, but most importantly, a multi-purpose room that will that they can secure food in and that they will have the sewing school. Dave and I were able to donate five treadle sewing machines. wasn't much money. And then we sent her some other treadle sewing machines. The Brian shop had some machines refurbished, put them in the container, and sent them to her. So she's going to have a sewing school. She's already started it in the sanctuary, but it's not it's the best place for it. And uh, there are two missionaries who are assigned to the conference center in downtown Monrovia. Rose's church is way on the outskirts. Um, Monrovia is a huge city. And so um, we're trying to raise money to help those missionaries get transportation to and from Rose's church and the conference center so that they can teach sewing two days a week. Women don't really drive much, and they never drive alone. uh, Liberia is stable, but there's still a high crime rate. And so those women need a secure cab. It's going to be $75 a month to do them. So on this mission trip, Rose would like us to build the foundation for that uh, addition. It'll cost about $3,500. Can I have the next slide, please? So these are children, beautiful children, in their school uniforms. Every school in Liberia, public and private, kids have to wear school uniforms. And it's not like, you know, Kerrville, Texas, you can't go to JCPenney's and buy your school uniform and you can't order it from Amazon. Nobody has the cash. So women make the school uniforms and sell them. That's one of the ways they make money. They also will make dresses and crafts and things that can be sold in the market. So when you help a woman... When you give her a way to earn a living, you not only help her, but you help her children. Her children will have a better education. Her children will have more food to eat. And her children will have more opportunities for the future. So helping women is crucial in a country like Liberia. Can I have the next slide? So the other thing that Rose would really love for us to do is medical screening. And so I would really love some medical personnel to go with me. Um, there, are, there is a hospital in Monrovia, the John F. Kennedy Hospital. 
And uh, there is the Methodist Hospital in Ganta, and there's some clinics and things. But people do not go to the doctor until they are very, very ill. In fact, there's a leprosy colony in Liberia. I visited it. Who knew a leprosy colony still existed? Leprosy can be taken care of with antibiotics if it's treated early, but people do not go to the doctor until they are very sick. They don't know they have high blood pressure until after their stroke. They don't know they have diabetes until they have a wound on their leg that will not heal. So if we can do some basic medical screenings, let people be aware of their conditions, they can seek additional help, medical help. Okay, the next slide. We also hope to do some vision screening. I'm working with the Lions Club in College Station. They have a little machine that uh, you can look through, and it'll tell you what prescription you need. Um, I'm hoping some Lions Club members will go with me on this trip. Uh, but we also need help, uh, a medical professional, who can do some eye health screenings for, like, glaucoma and things like that. This is Stanley, and I met Stanley the last time I was in Liberia. Stanley has terrible eyesight. His prescription is so strong that the lenses could not be made in Liberia. So Dr. Mark Green, who's a lion in College Station, he got uh, West, uh, Stanley's prescription. He made the glasses, and the last time I was in Liberia, we were able to give those glasses to Stanley. And so he put them on, and we're all standing around him, and we say, Stanley, Stanley, can you see? Can you see? Does it help? And he went, a minute. Reached in his pocket, pulled out his cell phone. Yes, they work. <laughs> so that was, a, that was his test. Stanley has needed new glasses since then, and Dr. Green made him another pair that we were able to send to a FedEx center in Monrovia. And so Stanley has even newer glasses now. Can I have the next? There we go. Um, these are stoves that are communal. We hope to build a couple of these stoves while we're in Liberia. Cost about $500 each, and they are not a thing of beauty but they are very functional. They use 30% less fuel to heat. Now, I know you and I have all been suffering from high fuel prices, right? Gasoline prices have been through the roof. In Liberia, gasoline was over $6 an hour, uh, a gallon. So their fuel costs are even higher than ours, and they have so much less money than us. But with this, uh, not only is this good because it uses 30% less fuel, it's also communal. So a neighborhood can use it. You light it in the morning, and more than one family can cook on it. So it saves a lot of fuel for those families. Next slide. Could I have the next slide, please? Thank you. Uh, we're going to be handing out these kits when we are in Liberia. I'm working with a group of women. Uh, it's an international organization called Days for Girls. And, and the ladies I work with are in Anchorage, Alaska, because Dave and I go to see our son. And we come back, we always have about 50 pounds extra of luggage with Days for Girls kits in them. What happens is, in the undeveloped world, girls, particularly girls in rural communities, do not have access to disposable hygiene products. So when girls have their period, they have to stay home from school. So girls are behind socially and economically, and then they get behind in school because they miss four or five days of school every single month. Well, these days for girls' kids, they're washable, reusable hygiene products. So we will, uh, I hope to have about 450 of these by the time we go to Liberia, and we will hand them out. 
But really the coolest thing about uh, Days for Girls is they have great education material. Girls are told absolutely nothing about their bodies and what's happening. And the reason is because their mothers know absolutely nothing about their bodies and what's happening. So if we can educate girls and their mothers as about their bodies, it will be a huge blessing. Can I have the next slide? We also will be visiting this school. This is the School for Death, which is conveniently right next door to Lot G. Matthews. And the director of the school has asked us to hand out these kits to his girls, too. We'll have a translator, so we'll also be able to go through the education program with them. And I just found out that the, um, the school would love to have a volleyball court. And that's pretty inexpensive to do. You need to clear an area. You need a couple of poles and a net and a ball. So I'm hoping when we're there that we can also build that volleyball court for the, the kids at the deaf school. They would just love that. Could I have the next slide? So what do I need? Um, what do we need to go on this trip? First of all, we need volunteers particularly in the areas of construction. Rose does have a contractor in her congregation who can direct us, but anybody with construction experience would be very helpful for, and also for building the stoves. Uh, seamstresses. The, the women are going to have an instructor two days a week, but if anybody's a great seamstress and they can teach special projects, how to build, I mean, how to make uh, purses or dresses or whatever, that instruction would be very helpful medical professionals to do the medical screening, and optometrist or anyone who's experienced in, in eye health would be very, very helpful. And I need money. I, the hardest thing, I, I mean, I, I've cut steel, I've ground steel, I cut wood, I haul around 125-pound parts all the time. I can do all that. But the hardest thing is asking for money. And nobody wants to do fundraising. Everybody hates doing that, but yet it's what I have to do. It's what I need. I will not ask for money for myself. Uh, Dave and I have the means that I can pay my own way to Liberia, but we need money for the projects, for the foundation, and we just had a big donation in the last service, but uh, for that foundation, for the building, for the fence, for the stoves, uh, for transportation. Transportation is a really difficult thing in Liberia. And so distributing carts and things, money for transportation is also very helpful. So, and, um, uh, and then for the eyeglasses, I have donated from the Lions Club some refurbished eyeglasses and some frames that were donated and some readers. So we'll be handing those out, but the lenses for the glasses that just have the frames will need the lenses ground in Liberia. So we also need funds for that. Could I have the next slide? So. Jesus told us in Matthew, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And that's what happens when you work in a country like Liberia. I mean, we have us up here, right? I have everything I need and most of what I want. And then you have the poor in this country. And then you have the poor in Liberia. And then you had the poor with a disability in Liberia. And then you have the poor with a disability in Liberia and their women. 
And that is truly the least of these. Now, when you go on a mission trip, we're going to build stuff, right? We're going to do, do things. We're going to build a foundation. We're going to build some stoves. But the main thing is building relationship. If I ask you to pray for Liberia right now, I know you will sincerely bow your heads and pray for Liberia. But if you go to Liberia or if you support a mission to Liberia or if you have church members that you're praying for who go to Liberia, when you pray for Liberia, then you're praying for Thompson and you're praying for Stanley and you're praying for Rose and you're praying for all those needs that you saw there that you never even knew existed. But now you're praying for all those needs. And let me tell you, when you go on a mission trip, you bring back so much more than you could ever give away. You know, I told you I wasn't like Mel West. I get pretty cocky sometimes. I'm pretty, pretty confident in myself and in my skills. And, you know, we're not rich, but we, we have a little money, you know, so we're kind of in control, right? Well, that's a hindrance. You know, Jesus said it's harder for a rich man to enter heaven than a camel through the eye of the needle. And I see that now that I've been to, Li- to Liberia and to Haiti. When Dave and I were in Haiti, we met a young woman who had very short legs and her knees did not bend. So when she walked, she wore a glove on her hand, a leather glove, and she walked in a tripod manner. Can you imagine the back pain? So she got a cart, and the cart was going to be very helpful. She made sandals, beautiful sandals. Um, She put them underneath. She was going to ride them to Mark. Her name was Jeanette. Um, But Jeanette... Jeanette had just lost her father. So she was poor. She lived in Haiti. She had a disability. And she just lost her father. She was a woman. She was all alone in the world. But you know what she did? She laid hands on us. And she prayed for us. I mean, that was the most humbling and blessed thing that's ever happened to me. Here I am, cocky. You know, I have money. I have knowledge. I have stuff. Jeanette had nothing, but her faith was so much greater than mine. And she shared that faith with me. It was just incredible. So I hope you will consider um, helping us out with this mission. Um, Particularly, we need people to come on the mission. I I would love to have you join me. Um, I have some cards scattered around the church. (laughs) They have my, um, my personal information, my email, my phone number. If you're interested, please give me a call. Also, if you would like to donate, you can donate through Kerrville United Methodist Church. If you write a check, just put mission trip in the memo. If you donate online, you can just put Liberia mission trip in the notes. You can also donate through Mobility Worldwide. You can put uh, Liberia mission in the notes. And, of course, Mobility Worldwide would love to have your money, too, just just to to help build carts. So please think about... um, Please pray for me, pray for Liberia, pray for this mission trip, and consider going with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
In Philippians chapter 1, Paul writes this to the church in Philippi, uh, a church that supported him when he was uh, doing ministry and, and in prison. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy, for you have been a partner in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. KFUMC has a great reputation in history of being generous in in mission, of being willing to share with their neighbors. As I said, we're we're sharing backpacks with folks. We we are able to distribute food. We are able to support a a missionary school in Asia. We we have ties to Costa Rica that that, uh, deals with orphans and uh, schooling there. Uh, This uh, type of venture and KFUMC has always been willing to help with that. And as I think about this church, I would join it with Paul to say, every time I think of that, I, I give thanks because this is what makes us a church. This is, this, all the other stuff is, are, are ways for us to remember who God is and to be filled with His Spirit. But when the rubber hits the road, making a difference in the lives of others is what we are called. I hope there's someone here, in fact, I know there is, there's someone here who God's niggling at you that you need to go on this or support it in some way. I hope you will yield to that calling. And if you will join with me, I just invite you to pray as we pray for the success of this trip even before it is off the ground. Would you join with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for Margo, her willingness to come this morning to, to, to present at three services. Thank you, Lord, for her dedication, for her calling. We thank you for this mission and project and lives that are being changed. And as these Details are coming together with the hopes of the the pastor there, with the hopes of the kids there, with the desire of your heart for your children to know a loving father. We pray that you will be glorified in the success of what happens over there. And we look forward to rejoicing in hearing the good news. And we pray that in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.